0: This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures. Uh, half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy.
1: <laughs> Welcome in to another episode of Half Measures. Long have I waited. We are here for the finale of the Skywalker saga, The Rise of Skywalker, and joining me, as always, for this final Star Wars movie review is my co-host, Dan Morning King. Kia ora, Dan. This has been a journey, Paul.
0: Like, uh, 11 Star Wars
1: films. I'm kind of a little bit
0: bittersweet about the th- this final review. Like, I it makes me want to start bringing in, like, do we start ranking the Star Wars TV shows? Do we, like, bring in other components into this list? But... It's going to get complicated, but this is this is probably a good sort of natural arc to the sort of the core movies, right?
1: It is, and it's look. At some point, we're going to have an additional movie or two, or three, or four to add into this um, this overarching list of eleven, because there are more things planned, of course. But I think bringing in the TV series, I like that. But I think I think those things need to stay separately because I, I how do I compare Andor to Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it's they're too different. They're I too think different. you're right.
0: I think you're right. But we could do a review one day of of some of the TV shows um, and where they kind of sit. I love that. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do like that. And the question is, would we bring in the animated? Probably. Who knows? I think you and I are both such big advocates and big fans of the animated series that it would be – it just wouldn't be proper for us mm-hmm. to not include them.
0: It is hard, though, isn't it? Because, like, you end up comparing – God, how many episodes of The Clone Wars are there? Probably like 100 plus um, to like an eight-episode arc of, you know, another TV, uh, Disney TV show. So anyway, I digress. Today, Paul, the rise of Skywalker.
1: Indeed. So it feels like a while ago now, and I guess, you know, 2019, you know, it's a few years ago, but at the same time it still feels um, – the memory of that cinema experience still feels fresh for me, because I remember having an absolutely great time at the cinema. Here we are, several rewatches in. And as the opening crawl hits us, the first thing for me, Dan, that is really hitting me more and more with each subsequent rewatch is how there's no spoiler alerts. They're they you know, they're mentioning Palpatine straight away in the opening line of the opening crawl the dead speak somehow palpatine has returned and they go straight into it i've got a lot to say about this as we go through the podcast but it doesn't it doesn't hold back and it jumps straight into action and and our first scene is basically kylo doing what he does best raging and slicing in slow motion and um that's pretty satisfying as a start
0: I think uh, Angry Kylo is my favorite is my favorite Kylo. And I think this, you know, I bang on about this in just about every Star Wars reviews a review that we've done, but I, I do think these movies sometimes just age age better over time and and I remember going to the theatre to see this and kind of being like oh yep, okay, like lots of loose ends to wrap up and you know, there's some bits that I enjoyed and some bits not so much but overall on this rewatch and I don't know whether it's just because we've just reviewed all the movies but like I text you during this movie and this movie was just hitting just right for me, like I I had a fantastic time and that fantastic time kicked off with Angry Kylo
1: I I'm gonna bring some balance to this review then. I did have a good time later in the movie, I think, but at this point, I'm with you. Angry Kylo is great. This this opening scene with no dialogue and just music, um, as he as he goes from, from beat to beat, um, you know, getting this wayfinder and um finding his way to to to, to Palpatine or or whatever this um this clone of Palpatine is, um, that whole that whole journey was done very quickly for for a movie that has you know the longest runtime of 142 minutes of any sales movie it's sort of it skips through these steps quite quickly for my money but um I do like when we get to this I guess this lair or whatever it is that Kylo arrives at on, on Exegil I think the look of it As he's walking in with the sort of like this low ceiling and the the, the lightning to the ground, and then going in, and there's all these, you know, smoke experiments in jars and stuff. I think it's got a great look.
0: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I do feel like we rush to some of these conclusions, and I feel like, and I'm sure this isn't the case, but like, I just feel like, did they really have kind of the blueprint of all three? of these films kind of oh. laid out and it just feels like they didn't. And some of the things they introduced just needed more airtime. And I think this is one of them, but I think for some reason, again, I, I just found myself giving it a bit more of a path for some reason.
1: Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. And um, I mean, we're, we're jumping ahead, I guess, but you've, you've touched on it with the blueprint subject, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of Palpatine being the main villain, how it comes about is my issue, and we'll, we'll get to that. But I think watching these scenes and seeing how it jumps straight into it—like there's no, there's no big lead-up of, oh no, he has to go and find Palpatine. He, he finds him instantly, and that is quite satisfying as a as a movie experience. And I remember at the cinema specifically being really wowed by sort of like the the lightning, mm-hmm. the, the the different sort of how the light flashes across Palpatine's face, and you get different sort of looks at it without ever getting a clean look at it i thought that was a really effective um effective way of bringing his character in and then of course to remind us of exactly who he is the first line that he says that really um makes me just smile and feel oh here we go is when he talks about you know the the dark side of the force as a pathway to powers that some consider to be unnatural you know that sort of line that he gave to anakin really brings that's prequel and sequels together it was great
0: and i think moments like that uh like it's great fan service right because it's 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 great for people that have like you know been on the star wars journey for this entire time um but it's also a, a chilling piece of dialogue for for newcomers as well so yeah i think that was great
1: yeah yeah and mcdermott of course just delivers it so well I mean let's not forget he's been doing this since 1983 and of course he was quite young in 83 when he played the emperor in that first first outing and here he is appropriately aged um he has a I like the look of this this sort of rejuvenated clone palpatine compared to um if you think about what we saw in the obi-wan Kenobi series where he looked very odd for my money I think the look of him in this movie is 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 really great um I was going to jump ahead a little bit, Dan, because last week we talked about The Last Jedi and we talked about how Luke's storing his X Wing underwater mm-hmm. is surely going to cause some rust. What about these star destroyers that Palpatine suddenly, you know, calls up? Why are they stored underwater? What's the, how does that work and what's the benefit of that?
0: I can only presume that it's some type of special space water that, uh, space, <laughs> space water, water, which is either like it probably has some type of weird, um, Biological makeup that doesn't produce rust like it would here on Earth, or that the water is Brilliant. so cold that it doesn't look. I don't know science, Paul, but I'll, I'm just making some. <laughs> I think I'm, you do. I think I'm making you, space You convince me.
1: <laughs> Love these space loops. Um It's um, it's a very interesting start for me. This movie it really sets the tone. It um, it's a far more satisfying start to me than when we you know we talked last about the Last Jedi and that that's that didn't work for me this is a much more action-packed um it's got a very jj abrams feel in some of the the scenes but it's uh it really you know it really starts by letting you know what the threat is immediately
0: Mm. that's a good call i think it does it it does start strong it does i think it sparks interest but i think just back to the the earlier point that you made is we it feels like just we didn't arrive at this point naturally, and it feels like it was really kind of a little bit shoehorned into the story. And and it kind of, you know, if you take a real helicopter view of the overall plot, then it kind of works. But if you're wanting to, you know, really understand how we've got to this point, those uh, almost sort of stage gates
1: aren't, aren't there. Yeah, and look, there's, I think this conversation we could probably have now, there's there's no doubt that Palpatine returning so inexplicably is because Snoke got killed off in the Last Jedi, and because yeah, you know, because J.J. Abrams wanted to tell this story with with Ben Solo returning to the light, and and fair enough, he was left with I guess no no big bad no baddie to destroy in this movie, and we talked about it, you know, with the Last Jedi that, 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 that as you said, there's no blueprint, there's no overarching story, and and as a result, to jump to a bit in the conclusion, as a trilogy. It fails. And we talked about this in episode two of Half Measures when we did our very first review of this movie. We talked about it then, how um, it fails as a trilogy, if you compare it to the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, because of its lack of cohesiveness, and because this is the finale of that trilogy, and of this whole nine-episode Skywalker saga, this movie is the one that suffers, suffers the most for me in many respects, because it's it's all on the finish right
0: Mm -hmm. and look i'm i'm now jumping out of the story it actually makes me the more i think about it i wonder whether if one of the things this this trilogy actually suffers from is i feel like ray is meant to be the main character but i i don't feel like you know like you know Luke Skywalker is clearly a main character in the original trilogy. I don't necessarily feel like Ray is a main character here. Like she's one of she's an important character and she has a bit of a core storyline. But there's many, like, there's many focuses in this movie, and it's not always about Ray. Like, and it's yeah, it just makes me sort of think about how they've kind of set this up from the start and and what they were trying to achieve. And obviously the pressure of trying to create a Star Wars trilogy is is an immense job, but yeah, it, it definitely just feels like there's um there's some dropped balls here.
1: Yeah, if you go in comparison to the original trilogy, where Luke was that that main character throughout, and we of course we had Han, Chewie, Leia, and the, and the droids, and and, and Obi Wan, and so on. But in this trilogy, you know we're we've got a very yeah you know, I would I would argue Ray and Kylo, yes. you know, are the two leads, and then and then Finn, Poe, also main characters and we do get a bit of story about you know after the force awakens i would have said i would be hard pushed to to, to pick between any of them but as we go through the last Jedi in this movie it it, it does lean towards ray and but they're trying to fill in a lot of story for a lot of characters and we even try and get a bit of backstory in this movie with poe mm. of course so um I I, I I know what you're saying Dan. Mm.
0: indeed indeed well hopefully the next trilogy paul well or, or standalone <laughs> movie or whatever trilogy. happens Lessons have been learnt.
1: Let's see. Let's see. Now we're we're cutting away at this point in the film from from Mexico, and um, we're we're on the you know, we're on the Falcon, and Finn and Poe uh, are playing Chewbacca at the old three D whatever the game is from A New Hope, and it's a real nice vibe to have that back. And I thought the vibe between Pin and Poe. Fo- uh, <laughs> finn and poe was really was really good you know sort of like wanting to accuse him of cheating but maybe being worried about having their arms ripped out it was a real it was, it was such a such a contrast to what we just had on x it was so it was so light and fun um it was really good and then they go into um into this really high adrenaline action scene of light speed skipping which is Great cinema. I mean, it's very dangerous, but it made for a really exciting scene with uh, with two of our heroes.
0: I so so Dejarik is the name of the game that. Um,
1: Thank you. Yeah, they were
0: playing. Um, I, I think this, You were right. Like this, this was a fun scene. Uh, the one thing that makes me think though is the Millennium Falcon, like a pool vehicle, and anyone can book it out. And <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it comes with Chewie. Sometimes it doesn't.
1: Who's the owner of the Falcon at no this one. point? I mean, well, Lando may have something to say about that, but yeah, it's um, it's yeah, it's um, it's a different, uh, it's a different time without Han Solo at the helm, isn't it? So, um,
0: but you're you're right though that yeah. this was a, a another great sort of, you know, this is almost kind of a, we didn't start with sort of a a space battle, but we get one very soon after, and it's a it's a great one of that.
1: Yeah. Oh, great, great chase, really. Really high pace of which they're sort of jumping and jumping, and it was it was it was great to have Poe in the Falcon, to be honest, because of course we haven't mm-hmm. had that until until this point. And then of course we we skip over to to Ray, who's in a jungle world of Jean Kloss. uh and she is, yeah, you know, she's meditating. She's asking for, you know, she's asking for someone to, to to be with her, and she's, and we see. She's being trained by by Leia, which I remember at the time thinking oh, that was a bit of a it was a bit of a shock. And in fact, that whole training scene, you know, was actually the nature of what I wanted, and I think what you wanted, is if I'm right, with Luke in the Last Jedi. And, you know, she's calling her master, and I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is like it makes sense, right? Like in the in the context of what we know about the wider Star Wars universe, we know from um, books and some of the the TV shows, but I think for 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 the average viewer, like what do you mean, Princess Leia is training Jedi's? Like it just it, it, it feels like another kind of like, I, I guess if you've seen her Superman um, space space flight in the previous movie. I guess it kind of makes sense, but it, it, it always kind mm. of like <laughs> threw me a little bit. Like like I think it's cool, but I feel like I I feel like I probably needed a little bit more. Um, Background and flashbacks between, particularly the the second movie and and this one, of how Leia kind of filled filled that role alongside Luke because it kind of, I think Ray is so powerful instantly as a Jedi, like it it all just doesn't quite add up into a nice package for me.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, and of course we we do get a little bit of a backstory of Luke and layer training together later in the movie but it's almost like we needed it now there's a few things that are sort of um maybe jumbled in terms of timing so yeah i I think you're right what i'm finding interesting dan just to step outside of this for a moment is of course as we do these these 11 star wars movie reviews you know we, we talk it through and i tend to sort of jump us from scene to scene to keep us moving i'm really struggling with this movie because it jumps about more than any other Stales movie because it, it has quick scenes here and there, whereas we we typically have longer drawn out scenes throughout most of the other movies. So this one is jumping around a lot. Uh,
0: yeah, and I think this this is the thing, right? Like this is why I think this movie I think has aged a little bit better for me because having seen this movie multiple times now, now when I'm watching it, I've kinda got all the all the pieces and I can kind of stitch all the story together in my head, like and I think the uh, the Luke and Leia training um, flashback—it happens later in the movie. Because I've seen that so many times now, I now kind of appreciate that layer as training Ray. But if you, it's when you come into these things with sort of fresh eyes. That, which is why I think when people walk out of the movie theater, it kind of they're like, "What? What just happened? Like this is a, a bit of overload." And I think you're dead right to call that out. This movie is almost just sort of flashing between big, major kind of like action scenes and adventures constantly
1: constantly no you're right um you mentioned in the last jedi how yeah you know, we, we hadn't really had uh, ray and poe together you know oh hi i'm i'm poe and of course again by the time we see them together in this movie because the the falcon <laughs> sort of basically crash lands on fire uh, on the planet that ray's at and and straight away um there's obviously been some relationship building in between the two movies, as you were touching on them, because the dynamic between uh, Ray and and Poe and Finn, there's a real fast banter. There's almost like a Luke Leia Han, I guess, quite obviously sort of um, banter between them, and uh, it's it's quite funny to sort of watch them both pointing out each other's faults.
0: And like you could imagine in a in a future world, Paul, where. You know, if they didn't unfortunately kind of burn out all the all the cast and actors on this, and they, they get so much backlash for for playing these roles, that this could be so nicely complemented by Disney Plus TV series, even even oh. like a series like In Between Movies, right? Like if you imagine kind of like the the adventures of like Poe and and Ray, like they could be up to all sorts of things, and it would be great to kind of like build out that story without it kind of impacting the the core storyline.
1: Oh. That's a great idea, and and I would say don't rule that out. At some point, maybe maybe further down the line, who knows? Because I think the idea of having those three characters as a retrospective series set between episodes eight and nine would be fascinating. Because there's clearly been some stories there, and there's clearly been some adventures. And because you know it's not going to, you know, it won't affect the bigger plot point of the style of the Skywalker saga. You can have some real fun with some some movies. Uh, sorry, some 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 adventures within a TV series. But hey great idea um at this point they're all down into the you know the rebel base and they're all they're all talking and this is where of course we get the the immortal line from poe somehow palpatine has returned and um there's some sort of stuck together dialogue with people sort of like in shock um i would have loved to have heard by the way this, this message, this radio message address that comes across the galaxy from Palpatine. I feel like we deserve to hear that somehow. That was my thought. Yeah,
0: it's a pretty um, core cool moment, right? And it's not like Palpatine's a new character to us. Like we've been with him since the very, you know, since the prequels. And yeah, yeah I, I think that that's, as an audience or as a viewer, that's that's earned. We, we, we should have got that.
1: Yeah. And. And from this, of course, everyone springs into action. So Ray is off, you know, she's she's off to carry on the search uh, for Exegol, um, which which Luke had started, um, but you know, never actually sort of warned Ray or, or told Ray. And I guess we learn a bit about that later on. And at this point, she thinks she's going alone, but everyone's going with her. And I and I love this one. I love that they're all going together. This is the heart of Star for me. You know, just like we said with like Luke, Leia, and Han, and Chewie going off as a group together and i think you said it with the last year you know everyone's split up now we've got our core characters together and i love that
0: i'm with you like you know when you're playing dungeons and dragons there's a you know there's a rule never split the party and i think this is this is a classic case of that and it's 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 good to keep everyone together because i think that's what we're here for and i think this particularly because this is the final movie in the trilogy we don't have time to have all these kind of like sub stories. So, th- so they need to travel together.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And as they head off on their journey, we have the Palpatine theme music. Uh, that music starts quite early in the movie and it's used throughout. And I love that theme. Yeah. The, the theme that we first heard in return of the Jedi, the Palpatine theme, it really sets a dark undertone. But that dark undertone is immediately pushed to one side as we arrive on the, the, the planet with the, the festival, the carnival, this, honestly this thing for for a very long movie this is something that kind of it's kind of like my canto bite for this movie it just serves to distract from the main story but here we go
0: yeah it's it's interesting right so Pisana is the the name of this planet and like on one hand it's like visually very beautiful right like it's it's got all these colors and it's you know it's another desert planet which we've obviously seen a lot of in, in the star wars universe but there's moments in here, like you know, there's obviously a great chase scene which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but there is a, it's I guess it, it, it's trying to bring about the sort of the wider universe that kind of is happening ar- around the kind of Star Wars story, I guess. And some of these moments often never they never feel that great. They, they it always almost, almost makes it a little bit cringy at times.
1: Yeah, it's I think cringe is is the word. But hey, it's it serves its purpose i guess um but the there is the, uh, within that one of the, the great scenes for me was the you know the kylo ray force conversation because they still have that connection which previously we thought was from snoke but obviously palpatine and then he does something which is a bit of a new trick he grabs those those beads or whatever they are um through the force and then of course you can get them analyzing, and work out what planet she's on that's um that's a pretty neat trick
0: i thought that was pretty cool and that was a a real clutch evolution of force powers and i i thought it was like it was kind of like it was something new that's for sure but it was a a cool way to kind of connect the dots so that we could learn where everyone was and and start basically a the 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 star wars of the show
1: one of my favourite scenes after this is uh, we think they're in trouble because a stormtrooper finds them, but quickly shot by this mysterious figure, and within sixty seconds we find out that it is it's Lando. And I, I, I just I just love seeing Billy D. Williams return because, of course, when the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi came out, there was always a lot of talk of you know are you going to bring in Lando? A lot of people thought he'd come in the in the middle movie just as he did with Empire but he he has a role to play here i think just as a quick aside i think he plays this role superbly throughout the movie for you know Billy d williams is in his 80s and i think he he still has that beautiful voice and i just and i love the story that he tells us the indication that he and luke have been on a mission together to find excalibur and you know i feel like that is a novel or a or a comic or something right there
0: well, i think that that exists that book that came out a little while ago
1: whoa yeah why am I so far Come behind the ball. eight ball? I'm embarrassing Crikey. myself. Yeah, no, this there is I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here next to all the novels and I'm thinking, what novels do I want to purchase this yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I I will I'll look it up while we're talking. But um yeah, that that is a that is a book, I believe.
1: The roles are reversed, Dan. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm now the Padawan to to you in the canon has been the canon, in become the canon the master. book law. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. Well see. So, okay, so but that that whole story of luke and lando the idea of that i mean now that i know there's a novel that is that is great to know that between jedi and right now it's called there was more
0: it's called paul shadow of the sith and so uh then it's basically it it's not quite maybe that story well it it might be but it's basically set between return of the jedi and the force awakens and it, it talks about basically a an adventure they go on
1: it's embarrassing. They call it half measures for a reason though, I guess. I um I, I would love to read that. And I think the, there's something about the look in Billy D. Williams' eye as he's talking about that adventure with Luke that gives you an indication of how it might have gone. So it'll be interesting to see what the book reveals. Um so I, I love this whole scene. And then when they're they're on the trace again, um they're on I don't know, these little skiffs uh, or, or or whatever. There's there's flying stormtroopers, and I just thought that was an awesome addition because we've actually seen these, believe it or not, in A New Hope. Um, but you, it's kind of like you blink and you miss it. If you go back to the original movie and look at when the Falcon's coming into the Death Star, um, there are some floating, flying stormtroopers, but we've never seen them until until now, unless unless I've made another error. Well, I,
0: I feel it is both one of like – f- like you know, obviously we've seen a lot of flying stormtroopers in um, in the animated TV show, right? And there are we, yep. we've also yep. got the the Boba Fett's of the world. Like we we know that jetpacks exist. I even yep. though it's the first time we, we're like first proper time we're really appreciating them in the in the Star Wars saga, I still find it a, a bit of a a dumb say like I, I feel I feel bad that they made Poe say that line. Because I feel like if you're a Star Wars fan, like your eyes roll so far back in your head, you're almost back to 1979, you know, like it's it's not good.
1: <laughs> I I really enjoyed the way the Trooper got smashed into the rocks. I, I don't know, something about that really. But, but putting that aside, this whole chase, it's like a good old-fashioned race almost. It's got some actual pod racing vibes and sounds to it a little bit and then of course then then they crash and they very unfortunately or fortunately depending way you look at it land on a very small patch of sinking sand
0: yeah i i like i overall kind of enjoy this chase scene it's got it's kind of got some like i think the podcast reference is a good one but it's also got some indoor chase scene moments thought for me yeah, and yeah, a, again yeah. I, I like the sort of the how those movies kind of like reference each other in, in subtle ways but you're right like this the sinking sand that all the events that are about to um, unfold before us are I think is where, where Star Wars is at its most fun
1: yeah and of course as I also said it's unfortunate because they land it but fortunate because of what they find underneath it and they they find the 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 the, the dagger the hex Charm and, what are the chances? And what are the chances? And also, what are the chances that three PO, of course, with six million languages, as he's told us several times throughout these movies, uh, can read it? But his programming will not allow him to, you know, will not allow him to to say what it is. <laughs> Dameron is there. The one time we need you to talk, and you so can't. good. It, it's a really, it's so good, right? It's so good. It's so on brand for three PO.
0: Yeah. Like, it, look like it's so good that he's annoying constantly like that. it's just like even when he can't help he's like nah nah that's not for me
1: yeah I've, I've i've yeah again talking comparisons to trilogies i did not enjoy c3po in the prequel trilogy there's too many one-liners too much humor too much comedy obviously he was great in the originals but this sequel trilogy i think 3po has a great story and of course that story gets even better as we go forward for a few more scenes but at this point it's just it's it's absolutely classic C three PO. Mm.
0: I think the other the other obviously big moment down here. So obviously this this dagger is is a crucial um, and I'm sure we'll discuss it later. Weird component of the show, um, but also the big introduction here of force healing. Well, yeah,
1: yeah transferring force life life force force life whatever to someone that's pretty handy that could have been pretty handy in the past as well i can think of a number of occasions where that might have come in handy but um,
0: well thank thank god that we've got uh grogu kind of adding adding force healing into the mix and i i i'm glad that they've kind of like oh okay we've added something to be here we better get a few more people using it like it's yes it's good
1: really really good because now Canon wise, timeline wise, we've we've seen this before. We saw this just after Return of the Jedi with Grogu and so it now you know, if you're watching a timeline as someone new to it, it wouldn't be quite so what what is I, this? I
0: actually do think they still overuse it in this movie though, because it, it gets used three times, right? Oh. And I would have been happy with uh, just once, to be honest. Um I I didn't need it three times.
1: No, and if we are going to have it just once, probably let's not waste it on this this serpent snake no, snake no. thing. I don't um, think we need those was... running
0: around the desert, Paul. Like that's
1: no. Let's let's put that to rest. And you know, it's um, oh, there's there's so much in the desert across Jakku, Tatooine, and Pisana. There's um, don't take me to any of these places. Um, where are we going? Next? Well, I, I, I so, guess yeah. Oh,
0: Ky- Kylo's kind of arriving. We've got the Knights of Ren.
1: Yeah, the Knights of Ren. That's right. These guys on the prowl. I want. I really wanted more of these guys, and I know I said it in the last movie, and I guess we do get a little bit of them here finally because we teased them uh we actually teased them in the teaser trailer for the force awakens you know when we see kylo going through the the snow so we've known about these guys for some time and finally we're getting a little bit of them in this movie and of course we'll get a bit more of them later in this movie um but this scene is quickly sort of overtaken by the arrival of kylo
0: yeah i think you're right like i another great spin-off show, right? Like, give me more Knights of Ren, oh, yeah. give me, like, a because like, my take, like, these are Kylo's bros, right? So he's kind of like, you know, they're off on off on adventures, they're after all sorts of trouble, like, uh, it feels like it's, it's, it's ripe for probably an animated TV show.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think animated would be a, a great way to go and be great if we could get Adam Driver to come in and voice Kylo for that. Um, I can't see him coming back as a, tv series um nights of ren that probably wouldn't maybe
0: maybe a limited series like if he knew it was like a a six episode oh yeah Yeah. i think we could get the paperwork across the line on that
1: what a great scene though talking about kylo kylo ren approaching at speed towards ray everything about this scene is spot on everything the sound the noise the the visual the, the scale of how far it is he is in the distance and how long it takes him to arrive. You know, they really drag it out and the more they drag it out, the better it gets. I just love it.
0: I think this is one of those moments that I've, you know, like another first time seeing it both great and a little bit eye roll at the same time. But I think because of, of the, re- of, you know, the watching all of these movies again, seeing them multiple times. Now I was, I, I'm loving the, the Kylo and Ray relationship even more than I used to. And it's, it's really just growing on me. And I i think you're right, like the tension, the, you know, like they've got such a love-hate relationship with each other that I don't think they ever want to mm. really hurt each other, but they're, they're truly going for each other as hard as they can.
1: They really are. And, yeah, like Kylo's really – he's ripping it along the surface. I mean, that's dangerous enough. And then when Ray jumps that was impressive enough but then actually managing to take the wing out with a saber that's that's a real boss mm-hmm. move that really is absolutely brilliant and then we have um chewbacca being captured uh as all this is going on and so ray tries to force pull we've seen this before we've seen it with with, with vader we've seen it uh, with a number of in video games trying to pull a ship down and of course, at this point, I know I did in the in the cinema first time. We, we believed that Chewie is on that one that she's pulling and the Force Lightning from Ray. I mean, I thought Chewie was gone in this in the movie. Even even Kylo looks shocked at what Ray has done with the with the Force Lightning at this oh, point. I
0: totally agree. And and I I'm real bittersweet about this because you know Chewie fan favorite character. No one wants to see uh, Chewie come to an end, and you know he's obviously got like huge marketing future movie potential. Um but that would have been kind of a a a real dark and great way for Chewie to go. And oh I I feel like they too quickly kind of then played it out in the future scene that oh nah, he he's still around. But I think you're right. I enjoyed the fact of how kind of distressed Kylo was about this because I guess you've got to think that Kylo's growing up with Chewie and I presume he knows that Chewie's mm. on that ship potentially as well. And it would be like, you know, uh, this is probably offensive to Chewie, but like Chewie, Chewie's like the family dog, you know, like no one <laughs> wants to lose the family dog.
1: Correct. Oh, I I, I feel like there's a an, an intangible just feeling of if if Chewie was killed off at this point it would have been really powerful like you talked about I guess at the last Jedi if they had made a decision to for for general Leia Organa to have you know when she went into space if that had been yeah it would have been horrible but it would have been powerful it would have been a moment and this would have been another one of those moments but of course um you know, once we've, you know, the the Falcon is caught again. I mean, how many times has that ship been caught? Now it's being towed into a first order Star Destroyer. I mean, this ship has been around the block. And praise be, Chewie is there and he's alive.
0: Indeed, indeed. And I, I think, you know, this is, I guess, also the, you know, we, we're seeing Ray use Force Lightning, which is a big deal, right? Because we, we really associate Force Lightning with being a Sith. And. It's kind of one of those, those signs, I guess, right? That she, she is so powerful. And again, just, I think this is where, you know, Kylo's doing the Lord's work, carrying the series, like the emotion on his face, right? He can tell, oh my God, she's so much more powerful. How does she know all this stuff? Like I've been training for years. She's just discovered it and she, she already knows all the tricks.
1: Yeah, that's right. She's, She's she's jumping into chapter five, and she's 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 already well ha- well ahead of the game, and it would yeah it would be quite demoralising for for Kylo who's already had a pretty rough time with the way Snoke's been treating him over the last decade or so. This um as a just as a sort of stop and think about this movie at this point and think about what journey we're on, uh, and despite some great action scenes that we just talked about, this whole journey, this whole sort of wayfinder and i don't know dan i'm just stopping and pausing and thinking it's quite convoluted it's it's not it's not as simple as the missions in the original trilogy like to try and explain to someone what happened in a new hope versus the Rise of skull it's like the last jedi with the you know with the hyperspace trick uh uh tracking you know and, and the and the and the master code uh, breaker it's too finicky oh, yeah. it's not something as a kid as a kid, I don't think I would it would just resonate as simply and as powerfully as what we grew up with, and so I'm just reflecting on that a bit.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you. This is one of the big flaws of the show, right? Like, it's it's got a lot going on. There's too many like loose threads. There's also new ideas being introduced. It's not a a simple pathway. How some of these connections made you really have to take a bit of a leap of faith, and it. I, I don't think. Like I think if you wanna do the more complex and like, we're at a different time now. Like we didn't really have the I don't even think we had Disney Plus at, at when this movie came out. But mm. like I think if you wanna tell a complex story, I don't think movies are for you. I think you need to go to, to the T V show because you need the end or level of time to really lay the groundwork. Yeah. And in a, a two hour movie that not and unless you've got that Going back to the blueprint, and this you've got that really
1: clear picture over all three movies. you know, it's a high risk, high risk maneuver. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, to, to add to the convoluted, now the dag is gone, but it doesn't matter because 3PO reveals he's still got it in his memory, and they're like, Okay, so we just need to do a memory wipe. And so we're off to Kajimi to to find this this dude that can memory wipe 3PO and actually get him to to read out the what the message is and going off you know that said i do enjoy the scene on this planet i, I do enjoy that poe's going back to a place that he's had bad luck on and he wants to avoid and yeah, you know, when we get there straight away we find out that he was a spice runner and this is one of the greatest moments of the movie in terms of comedy where they're like you were a spice runner and straight away poe turns and he was like you were a stormtrooper you were a scavenger. We, we can do this all night. You know, he's he's so quick to say, do you really want to go yeah. there?
0: And I, I, okay, this is one of those, like, real fun moments, right? And I think this level of kind of banter and humour between them kind of speaks to that they've been on a few adventures together. But again, as an audience member, we haven't really seen that.
1: No, exactly. And I do enjoy Babu Frick. Um, great character. Overly cute, but just such a great voice and just a, a real fun just, yeah, I mean, there's another little spin off that would be a, a lot of fun, I imagine. Um, John Williams has a cameo here as well with that sort of the eyepiece. Um, it's, it's such a nice, subtle touch. And I know. We, we talked about how it was sort of jolting with James Corden but John Williams has earned it no one could deserve a little cameo and Star was more than him
0: indeed, indeed. Um, well, there's some great like introductions of like little characters here like you know we skipped over but uh, Dio the droid fantastic little droid oh, like, I yeah. love Dio's yeah, yeah. relationship with BB-8 I love sort of the no thank you um, don't don't touch me, type of thing. Like it, it was so good, and I think sometimes yep. you know they just hit that humor just right in Star Wars, and and I think with characters like Bubba Frick and um, and and Do that they're, they're doing good things.
1: Yeah, exactly. And another character, I guess, I also sort of zoomed on past was Zori Bliss, mm-hmm. and this this relationship that her and Poe had, and you know, there's another little, you know backstory that you know you, you could have pre you know sort of pre-force awakens post return of the Jedi poe and poe and zori bliss
0: again though like it's like a, a character that's kind of introduced which kind of seems interesting but doesn't like yes yeah, she turns up at the very end but do, you know could we have sacrificed that to learn a bit more detail about something more crucial probably
1: correct oh look there's a there's another one coming up with jana later as well and then uh, it's it is one of my other criticisms of this movie is trying to bring in too much too late there's not enough time for us to go anywhere with it but the scene itself the reason for going here does play out well in terms of c3po and um what he does and you know again on top of his his role being more enjoyable the bravery of 3po in the scene he knows yeah. that by doing this he'll, he'll just forget everything so he's essentially saying. I, I won't exist and I'll just be rebooted and but he knows the odds no one knows the odds better than him and that's a really nice line from Ray and he sort of says look I gotta do this for the greater good and I just think it's great
0: yeah it was actually a really heartfelt moment and it's you know like a, I don't think of Star Wars as a as a tearjerker but I think you know like that that is one of those moments where if you've been on this journey with 3PO like th- that was a big move
1: yeah, and then once um, Babu Frick does his magic, and three PO kicks into gear, I love this red eye okay. C three PO with a, a great voice. It's really quite mildly terrifying, and um, we discover that actually we need to go back to Endor. <laughs> I mean, we're we're on a zigzag of a journey at this point.
0: Yeah. It, it, honestly, they, they couldn't have made it more complicated if they tried.
1: No. Uh, that that sums it up for me and because i understand it as a as an intelligent adult i'm fine i can follow it all the way through but i'm thinking about young paul watching this and just being like what what's mm-hmm. going on here but anyway um ray ren's ship um shows up and ray can can sense that chewie's alive 3po wakes up and there's <laughs> he immediately hi i'm c3po and it, it, it's time to go and um Flying straight into the Star Destroyer. That's madness. But hey, it's chewy. We've got to rescue him, right?
0: He's critical. He's a he's a key part of the party and never split the party. So good to good to get him back in the in the fold.
1: Yeah. Um and I I love again talking about the three three main characters being together as we go on this mission, immediately as they're confronted by stormtroopers, and Ray is like, you know force you know obi-wan trick you know you don't need to see my identification straight away poe turns to finn is like can she do that to us and again it's another just a nice little bit of Mm. humor which is kind of like if you had a friend that could do that you'd be all the time wondering are they doing that to me as well it's like it's it's an unspoken humor that we've never had before exactly that was good uh we we do get to to chewy and we also discover um that this and i guess we've sort of we again it's been hard to touch on every story element because it's jumping all over the place but there's been this this knowledge that somewhere along the line the the resistance are getting information from a spy someone within the first order and we discover that it's general Hux who is is the traitor.
0: i i think this is another one of those scenes that like Again, super eye roll. The first time it was revealed, it was General Hux. Like, I I didn't see it coming, but it was kind of disappointing because I think, and, you know, we've talked about this before, General Hux in the first two movies of this trilogy, like, he's a real force to be reckoned with. Whereas I feel like in this movie, he's kind of a bit of a goof. And I... Like it, it makes sense, like you know, I've kind of like eased up on that a little bit. That he's just doing whatever he can to get Kylo out of the way, but at the same time, like General Hux, it, he is growing up in the in the First Order. His his dad was in the First Order. Like, there's a lot of history there, and it just feels so out of character for me. And and almost kind of a oh, we need a way to tie up this General Hux storyline. We've got too many characters, and I it's almost I think. Of all the characters in an *Anthem*, Way to go?
1: Yeah. Oh, like I put, I put Captain Phasma and General Hux in that same basket in terms of two great characters from *The Force Awakens* from a uh, from a, a first order perspective that were you know like the the equivalent of the Tarkin, if you, if you like, mm-hmm. um, to to Vader, to to Kylo, um, and yeah, I I kind of liked, I still like the idea that he was basically. Prepared to go so far to bring Kylo Ren down because he really hates Kylo that much, but of course, uh, General Pride, played by Richard E. Grant, um, he's he's onto it straight away and he he can quite easily see through. Even though Hux got shot uh, on purpose, of course, he can see that Hux is uh, the traitor, and without any. And, and this is almost a disservice to Hux, just basically shoots him and the camera pans away and we will never see Hux again.
0: And I think that's the thing, like, I almost wish, like, it was a little bit more of a, like, not that we had time for it, but the way that he just kind of was, like, finished straight away it just seemed so, so ruthless when compared to how many other characters who kind of get like so many like fake out deaths and, you know, long-winded story acts. And I feel like Hux kind of deserved a little bit more.
1: I feel like he, it would have been better for Hux to have had a go at Kylo and to try, to try something, to try and take Kylo out himself or whatever, and have Kylo do the, do the job himself. Cause that would have been more satisfying because that would have brought a natural, it would have been, you know, like the, the Obi-Wan Vader fight. If, if it wasn't vader who took out obi-wan and then if it was just like a random stormtrooper you know it just it doesn't hold me yeah indeed um the the main gang are now we're off to this the the moon of endor um where we again encounter more people um uh the the endor system uh we 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 meet someone called called um and they're on horses or 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 backs as they're called i think and um there's another sort of moment for me where i'm like just like with the carnival the festival just like with with zori bliss i'm thinking we want to move the story along and we're meeting some more people and i don't have time for these conversations i just really want them to go do what they're here to do
0: yeah yeah look i I, again i appreciate it more now but it's it, it was always been like we you're right like the, the introduction of more characters at this point is like no no and and, and you know yeah. obviously there's some subtle connections made to who these characters are but um i i think there's, there's a lot of uh challenges here right like i think it's great that we've kind of got this crashed uh Death Star, I think that the way that Ray, you know, ends up pulling out the dagger and kind of lining it up is the most ridiculous story arc. You know, like it's none of it makes sense.
1: Oh, <laughs> Ray figuring out that the dagger can be used to read where the Wayfinder is as a visual reference. That is, for me, that's Columbo level of thinking. And it's very convenient for the plot. And it's another one of those. Things that um just sort of yeah it just amazes me. But hey, look um it, we 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 work out exactly where on the Death star remains this um this wayfinder is. The dagger, of course, assumes that the position of the of the destar remains will not be changed by the erosion of water over time, and this dagger will be good for forever. Let's yeah, let's that's skim right. past that as well, right? Yeah. But um, Ray Ray's off to the desktop on some some skimmer or whatever. And I have to admit, I really like this, this whole scene on the death star remain seeing that recognizable old throne room of the emperor's really takes me back to, you know, return of the Jedi. There's a bit of music from that final scene with Anakin and Luke that is used almost note for note um, as Ray approaches that that place where Anakin came back and where the helmet came off I, I thought every scene here is great and then of course the the I don't know what you're going to call her then evil Ray. yeah evil Ray. that always makes me jump yep. evil Ray, right so good. yeah
0: I, look I think this so I think they could have cut out the whole dagger situation right and they could have like Ray is by trade a scavenger so I think it could yep. have been okay for her to be like look there's the desktop, you need to go over there, at scavenge, and find the Wayfinder. It's probably in there somewhere. Um... And that probably would have been more realistic than than having these other weird plot points. But you're right. I think the the whole moment on the the Death Star is fun. It's great to kind of see the throne room. It's there's obviously many questions around how components of this survived, particularly when we you know we know that this thing kind of exploded in a, a colossal way. But it also leads to like not only the the evil Ray scene, but a great showdown between Ray and Kylo.
1: Oh yeah, when when Kylo turns up here the action is really on and what i find interesting is of course is he instantly destroys the Wayfinder, this thing that we've been looking for for the better part of an hour and a half into this movie now he just destroys it instantly and again it's like questions like what are we doing here but anyway what a great backdrop for a lightsaber fight here to have us on the death star two remains in an ocean with these huge crashing waves all around i mean that's you know, I've, I've criticized this movie, but we're on a journey now from here on in where I'm completely invested in every scene hits every right note for me.
0: I think you're right. And I think it, it's so cool, even those moments where Kylo and Ray are fighting and Finn and Poe are trying to sort of follow, but that they, they actually get to the point where they, they just can't keep up. They can't do the, the Jedi flips. And um, it's, it's such an epic battle. And I think just the, I think using the water and using just sort of the elements around it just adds so much to the atmosphere.
1: Yeah. Oh, it, it really does. And what I also find interesting is the nature of their fights. If you actually, sounds a bit but if you watch it, if you watch the nature of the it's a really clumsy fight in terms of their techniques. Both of them have a really, I feel like if you and me were to pick up a lightsaber and have a, a fight, we might look a bit like these two. Compared to like the Obi-Wan, Anakin, graceful, stylistic and all the, f- these two are just like really old school flinging at each other do you know what i mean we
0: all know that obi-wan had to practice form four for many 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 years and (laughs) and i think that um that i think what's interesting about this is uh, like like kylo would have had actual proper lightsaber training whereas ray um has you know i guess she's she's been doing a little bit of training but in theory it should be nowhere near the level of kylo which you know based on you know, what we know about training to be a Jedi. He would have been training since a very young age.
1: Yeah, and and actually Ren, he does have the upper hand in this in this battle. And I put that down because I think we see her grasping her hand. I think because Rey has lost some force energy to that serpent that she so altruistically saved. Um, and, you know, Ren has actually got the upper hand. But then, of course, Leia reaches out Um you know, um, and 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 he's distracted, and so Ray is able to then take advantage, and she finally, at this point, puts her own saber right through him in the same way that Darth Maul did with Qui Gon Jinn, for mm-hmm. example, and, and and Leia, and using that energy, she's she's gone at that moment, and it and that hits Chewie hard, FYI. But it's a very powerful moment because for me, watching this the first time around, again, I thought, oh, that's it. She's after what you said. How they they don't want to kill each other. She she finally has.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that that was a, a a great moment and and kind of a you know obviously Carrie Fisher is no longer with us, but it was kind of a, a nice conclusion to her arc in the in the Star Wars saga.
1: Yeah, I I think there was never going to be an easy way no. for them to do that, and I and I thought I agree. I thought they handled well. I thought this was a good way, and I thought it was a meaningful way uh as well but of course because of what we saw with grogu and what we saw with the serpent Ray Ray heals him and is able to sort of um you know bring him back which you know it's 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 really quite powerful to see someone do that and you sort of wonder as you said you know how many more times can we can can this happen? But before we have any more conversations, she basically takes his ride and she's off mm. and and he's left there alone and we're wondering what's going to happen. And then there is that that moment where you just hear, hey, kid, from behind him. And I remember being in the cinema den and just shaking my head and just being like, wow.
0: Mm. I think it's quite a, a touching scene, right? And it's particularly because we all know how – you know kind of grumpy in real life harrison ford is i just imagine oh god i've got to come back as a force ghost like uh That's right. give me that a zero to my a memory
1: care. a for a force memory but yeah it's um it was good and i thought it was a really nice way after what happened in the force awakens for him to have that second chance to talk to him and for this time for carlo to hear him i still maintain that. You know, and obviously we've had Obi-Wan series since, but I still maintain that somehow having Anakin show up behind Kylo, having Hayden Christensen turn up as a force ghost of Anakin would have been a really bold move. And I know that when we had this conversation, I seem to remember all the way back in episode two, Dan, you saying to me, but Kylo's never had that sort of Anakin. It's always been about Vader. But I wonder if in that moment I still maintain, as much as I love seeing Harrison Ford one more time as Solo, what, what would have been that moment if it had been Anakin?
0: Even, it, like, you know, it could have instantly been um, even Leia, right? Like, it could have been, because we haven't really had a proper Leia being, um, you know, like, you know, they've obviously, like, felt each other's presence, but that would have been, like, almost like another nice moment, right? Because it would have been that real, like, mother-son, real touching moment of, yeah. like, like that, that could have equally worked oh, because, yeah. you know, as we've just seen, um, Leia's a full Jedi, so...
1: That would have been, oh, actually, that probably would be my, I mean, I guess I guess, you know, all of the scenes that we've got of, of Princess Leia in this movie of Carrie Fisher is all deleted scenes from The Force Awakens, mm. because of course she she's she, already passed before even The Last Jedi had come out, and so I thought, actually on that note, we haven't touched on it, I thought the way in which they use those deleted scenes and put new dialogue around it I thought actually, I think it works quite seamlessly, I, I don't actually think it, it's, it's too bad, but I think it for us to have had that moment here, we would have ne- needed another Rogue One CGI. And I think doing CGI layer as her younger in training, I thought that worked well and I thought it was a really nice touch, but I think having a CGI modern day layer would not have gone damn well. Mm,
0: that's fair. And and, and they might've been thinking about doing that until her, you know, unfortunately passing away. So this might not have been their, their ideal solution.
1: And of course I, the, the last thing I want to say about Han Solo is I love his last line because Kylo, or I should say Ben, finally, he, he's turned at this point and he says, Dad, and Han just looks at him and says, I know. And it's – it's that, I mean, that's great for Han after the, the whole Empire Strikes Bat line. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. good.
0: Great moments. And also, I guess, we, we Me- get the, the throwaway of the lightsaber, like almost in a bit of a a, a comical nod to the previous movie.
1: Yeah. yeah and we're going to get a bit more of that as we go on but um meanwhile these new sith star destroyers then honestly these are worth the money There, you get your money's worth when you buy one of these because these babies can destroy a planet all by themselves no need for a death star no need for a star killer base you just need one of these new star destroyers
0: <sighs> it's it, it's like it's funny because I feel like this has been the thing through the whole trilogy, right? Like it's kind of just a repeat of the um, the Star Destroyer concept, and they just keep amplifying it, like a little bit crazier and a little bit crazier each time.
1: It it really does. Um, but hey, just like we often say when you're watching something, you just have to go with it, and so we go with it. And now um, we cut back to Poe going to see to see Leia, and I thought it was a nice moment uh, for for Lando. To show it. because of course when we left lando he sort of said oh my flying days are behind me i'm I'm done but he he hears the call he turns up and i thought that was another nice little moment and then of course meanwhile ray has gone back back to the island that luke ran away to and, and and you just touched on it before with kylo checking his lightsaber away when she tries to throw her saber this time it's luke who who goes you know 360 on on the last yellow and says you know a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect. I mean, you, you cannot tell me that that is not the writing staff indicating what they thought of what I happened to the right? last Jedi. Like
0: it's almost borderline. Like, like it, it makes it it's work. too much. It's Too much. Like it's like if he hadn't have thrown away the lightsaber in the first place, I you know like I would have accepted that scene. But it just feels like it's kind of office politics at this stage.
1: Oh, it really is office politics. I think if they want to do this and have him just catch the saber, that is powerful enough in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's um, it, it does for all my criticisms of how these movies don't line up. They do in this scene tie together a few unanswered questions. And Luke has that line that, you know, it, it was fear that kept him here on this Island. And, and he sits there next to her on that log, as a Force ghost, just like Obi Wan Kenobi's Force ghost sat down with him in *Return of the Jedi*, and and I just really enjoy that that conversation. It's it's like Yoda with Luke in the the Last Jedi, and you know he's got gifts as well. He's got this this new saber for uh, it's Leia's saber, and I love this flashback scene.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, like, again, like I'm sort of taking this backwards, but, it, like, you know, Luke's a Force ghost. He could have appeared and he could have reconciled with Kylo as well. Like, another option for how they could have told that yeah. story. Not that I didn't enjoy the the Han component, but just, just looking at Force ghost, uh, Luke has got me thinking about it.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. It would have been good. Um, then, of course, another great scene. Again, I'm really enjoying this final third of the movie. I really am. Luke lifting the X-Wing out of the water, to the Yoda theme, and he smiles at Ray, and we know that Ray's off in in you know Red Five's back in the air. Now this is as Star as it gets. I just love everything about that. So
0: good, so good to have Red Five back in action.
1: Yeah, and you know we've got Ray's even not only is she and Luke's X wing, she's got his old helmet. I know, even. right? It's 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 so good. And then of course Lando and Chewie are in the Falcon. This is more Star Wars than Star Wars. We're really hitting all the right notes. Yeah,
0: there. and oh, I, I feel like they're pulling out the old uniforms. It's like it still fits. It's a little bit, you know, not not quite as as fitting as it used to be. But um, it's all the memories <laughs> are coming back at this stage.
1: Yeah, um, and Finn, meanwhile, he's. I mean, he's he's turning into a bit of Lieutenant Columbo as well because he's somehow figured out that the navigation tower that they were supposed to go and target has now been switched to a star destroyer, and so they're now going to have to land on the star destroyer and attack it on horseback. I mean, so that is some next level. Yeah, even as the well. fact they
0: bring the horses is just like <laughs> it's like. Like if I said to you, Paul, do you mind if I bring my horse? Like if you were booking me up, like you'd be like, get lost. You're not bringing that horse in here. And like I'd be like, just in case, you never know when you're going to need a horse. And
1: you never know. You
0: never know. And it's like, it's the perfect crime, but um, a- another comical moment in the story.
1: The only thing that could have made it worse down is if they turned up and somehow they had those creatures from Kanto bite, oh, yeah. and they they used them instead. <laughs> um. And, and again, we're switching all over the place. This is the hardest movie ever to try and navigate. down. Ray, she's off, she's off to visit old, uh, old Grandpa Palps. Grandpa Palps.
0: Time for the final showdown.
1: Long have I waited. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's so much about this scene that for me, I love and I want more of, and I can, criticize because they didn't give us stuff at the start which i touched on right at the start of the pod when i was coming in pretty negatively but i do love the dialogue between these two empress palpatine is here to take the throne that looks like i mean this throne looks like it could have been made into game of thrones then or something it's pretty pretty mad this mm-hmm. throne.
0: It's there's a lot of great moments here right and it's like i feel like I, I just want more of this sort of story because it feels so interesting. And I feel like I wish that kind of like knew they were heading towards this end point because I, d- I just think there's so many different components of the story they might've told.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the the Palpatine line, you know, he's like, I don't know how he says it, like, kill me now and my spirit will enter you. That whole story needed more fleshing out for me to to buy that Palpatine, who was so hungry since episode one, all through those first six movies, um, suddenly comes back into a, a clone body. We We presume it's a clone at this point because we don't get any explanation at this point. And and I want to come back to that in a moment, but he's prepared to let Ray kill him and take his place as empress. And, you know, he, he's a clever guy. Did he really expect it to be that easy after his, his failure with Luke to do that? And of course, ultimately his failure with Anakin. Uh, uh, th-
0: this is, this is the downside of, of the whole, I think, Palpatine story is his, is they kind of have this false kind of hope in these people that are going to take over for them. And, it just feels like it's it's always gonna like given he knows the her story out to date, there was no way that she was just gonna, you know, submit to him.
1: No, you'd think so. So um I I know I sort of let myself down with the, the Shadow of the Sith novel that I was unaware of and will now now be purchasing as soon as we finish this podcast then. I I have read all the all of the movie novelizations and the, the rise of Skywalker novelization, this is where we find out a number of things like Palpatine is in a clone body at this point. And I've never said this before, but the novelization of this movie is more satisfying than the movie um uh, okay. and and uh, you anyway, know, and to try and tempt some people to maybe consider this book in this, you know, you, you find out about Palpatine's son also being a clone. You find out more about the failed uh Snoke clones um you you get uh, more about Leia's Jedi training. You get more about Zoe Bliss and the Spice Runners, and this stuff about Janna and you know maybe she's Lando's daughter. You get more about the Sith Eternal because again, this whole Sith Eternal, this whole this whole fleet of Star Destroyers, which you know you, you, we we talk about how the Death Star was made with you know under in secrecy. This whole fleet was made by a generation of um, devote. Uh, sith eternal servants to the emperor and so there's so much more there that we don't get in this movie and and so there's a lot going on here for me that um it doesn't quite doesn't quite make enough sense without that level of detail but i still really enjoy all of the scene because i find um daisy ridley as ray really impressive here i find Ian mcdermott as, as palpatine once again uh very impressive
0: i it's interesting, right? Because I've read a few Star Wars books, but I've never—I've always stayed away from the, the books of the of the movies. But I think that's that's probably a great shout that you get so much more out of some of those stories. I'm also intrigued about the the cover band that is Zory Bliss and the Spice Runners. They sound like a, an
1: interesting yes. It's <laughs> a great t-shirt as well as Zory Bliss and the Spice Runners. I mean, on that note, just as brief as aside, the trilogy, the sequel trilogy books are probably the best three novelizations of all of the novelizations because they do give so much that the the, the others don't go into they don't stray away so much I guess maybe it'd be dangerous to have done so back in those days but these ones do so for example The Last Jedi you also get the funeral of Han Solo there's a number of things that are are, are quite good in those novelizations but but back to where we are here um, Palpatine you know, is sort of saying to Rey, only you have the the power to save them, very much like his line to Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. And then all of a sudden, when we think all hope is lost, Ben Solo, he's he's back on the scene. And
0: there's some great uh, YouTube clips of um, kind of music montage when a hero comes along, um, remixes <laughs> of Kylo coming in and just absolutely wrecking the Knights of Ren. Kevin to his girlfriend's aid, yeah. and it's a great moment. My one criticism of the scene, Paul, and I think I said it in our episode two review, I don't like having two blue lightsabers. I feel like I want someone else, like I want another color in there. Like I, like I just don't this, like it.
1: Yeah. This was the problem with *Revenge of the Sith*, mm. right? It's the two blue lights. It's, it's you want to see that contrast. The the, 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 the pinnacle for me will always be the red, green oh, sure. in *Return of the Jedi*. Sure. I, I, and
0: yeah. I feel like this is jumping right to the end, but I wished that at this point, Rey was like, "I'm going yellow. Um, it's time to bust out the yellow saber." Like,
1: yes, it's, exactly. It's so what a great so opportunity. Unused. Oh, oh such a good call down that would be one of my big if i could change one thing in this movie that that would be right there for me um there's some great lines from palpatine here there's some great passion in his voice when he's screaming the jedi are dead um and i love just like with the how kylo grabbed the beads at basana through the force this time she passes the saber through the force to ben so he can take out his old mates i thought that was that was really good plus she has you know, she's got her saber to take out these. I don't even know what these people are called. I've lost track now. These new royal mm-hmm. guards. Um, you know, then they're, they're not the same as what Snoke had there. They're whatever they are. But she, she, she managed to take care of them. the The final scene is strong. It's, 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 it's really, really good. And I think, um, as Kylo comes into the scene, we get this. This this wonderful moment of the two of them, where Palpatine is able to feed on their energy, which he didn't even expect, which is interesting because normally Palpatine sees everything coming.
0: Yeah, no, I think this is you, you're dead right. Like there's this whole sort of conclusion and this sort of arc is is so good and so powerful. It this is when you truly appreciate Ray. You really sort of understand, obviously, where Ben is coming from, and and you kind of see his full kind of return to the to the light side.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I guess we should, before we go right to the final, we should jump away to what's going on up in the sky with this huge battle. And, you know, the the resistance are looking well and truly, but no one has answered the call. Poe is like, I don't know what to do. Everyone's saying, what should we do? And it is so satisfying to have Lando steal the scene um, by bringing literally all of the guns. And something about this scene is just great because the music when they show that fleet is really loud and I love it. And
0: I think this pays off because Poe actually mentions the last time we called for help, no one came and you know, this is a moment earlier in the, in the movie when he's like everyone's lost hope. And this is one of those moments that kind of, you know, for me sends a shiver down my spine, having all these ships appear and there's some great ships in there.
1: Oh, truly there are. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah google that if you're interested because you'll find some real good easter eggs in and amongst those ships but back then uh, at exegol uh with with ray um seemingly you know by herself now because palpatine has flung ben you know he, he's done with him he, he's given up on him he, he's done um but all of a sudden i'm all the jedi says says ray and we have that wonderful moment where she closes her eyes and this time they do answer the call unlike when she was meditating earlier and we have um we have Hayden Christensen voicing Anakin we have James Earl Jones uh we have Andy Serkis uh not Andy Serkis sorry Ewan McGregor Alec Guinness is digitally altered Ashley Eckstein is as yeah Mace um Qui-Gon well, this is, I mean, Yoda,
0: it's great. And so this is, you know, I know, Paul, that we're in different camps on this. So obviously I've just got subtitles <laughs> on permanently. This is the great moment in this in this scene right here because it's telling you the names of all the Jedis that are speaking. And yeah. it was the first time I've really, truly appreciated all of the Jedi that are actually reaching out to Rey and, and backing her up.
1: I I maintain there was an opportunity here for a movie that's this long for them to perhaps play on that a little bit more and perhaps have some sort of force ghost some visuals alongside the voices because a lot of people would be, who's Cain and Jarrus? I have no idea who, who Ahsoka. Yeah, you know, I think it I think it, I don't know. It doesn't matter, it's too late now. But uh, I really appreciate the fact that they did go there and actually bring so many From the sequels, from the sorry, from the prequels, from the original trilogy, from the animated series, it's it's necessary and it's well done.
0: It's good. It's one of those great Star Wars moments, and it's kind of like you know, like I am all the Jedi is is cringe, but I think the encountered by all these voices completely changes that the whole feeling and experience.
1: Yeah, and of course that gives her the strength to 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 take out Palpatine, presumably once and for all. I don't think we can handle a movie in the future saying somehow Palpatine is returned. I don't think anyone's That's, buying he's that. Done. Um He's done, right? Um, because it's just as well, because he lit up the sky using her energy and was taking down all the rebel ships. And so it was really necessary for her to take him out. Um, but of course, once she goes away and she sort of, she finds Kylo, there's this whole sort of, how many times can you force heal someone? Like I do it to you. You. do it to, When does it? start? Apparently, three is the rule.
0: She's got to be running empty at this at this stage, Paul. Like she's out of like force healing.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a controversial ending because people have issues with the, with with the kiss, which is also given a little bit more backstory on the in the novelization as well. People have people can't stand the fact that. Ben is gone; that he doesn't survive, and I feel that I it would have been real easy to have Ray and Ben walk off together, and you know. But at the same time, just just as with many Star Wars movies, the death of someone meaningful always hits home mm, mm.
0: yeah like i i think because deep down we all want more kylo and i think the thing is though we want the kylo we don't necessarily want the ben solo so i think for, yeah, it, for right. that to happen it needs to be like prequel yeah. to these movies i guess
1: kind of like if anakin had survived if he if he made it out of the Vader suit i don't think anyone was going to be here no, for
0: no no <laughs> post
1: jedi Anakin. yeah that's right um yeah we're coming into the final celebrations now celebrations on on endor cloud city on jakku everywhere chewie has got a medal everyone's together it's happy times um lando's looking a little somber and it's a touching moment as he sort of takes someone under his wing with 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 janna and again that needed more but there's no time for anything more and then of course that finished then back on tatooine at the the skywalker homestead um it's even more powerful now post an Obi-Wan Kenobi series rewatch, I thought.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think initially it was kind of a bit, uh, what's happening here. And I, I feel like, (laughs) like, I feel like the, the old woman, why are you talking to me? Old space hermit? Like, I'm not telling you my name. I'm not even giving you my last name. Like, like, I just feel like I kind of wish we didn't have this whole, I'm Ray Skywalker because, it just feels like, like, I would have almost preferred she said, I'm Ray Solo. Like, like I just, right. I don't know. It, it feels like a, it, it just felt weird. And I, like I was just saying before, I, you know, obviously she's got her, her yellow lightsaber. she's It looks like it's kind of built out of components of her stuff. I wish they leaned into the yellow lightsaber way sooner, and I wish they gave her the, four, the first, well, not, or, not first, because like guess Darth Maul had one, but I wish they gave her the the bow staff lightsaber um, from way early on because I feel like that was like she's been using the staff for all three movies, and I feel like it would have been great for yeah. her to kind of adapt that fighting style, and for us to see that from the Jedi side.
1: That's that's fair enough, and you're not alone in that view. Um, it's 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 never going to please everyone, and I guess. That was always gonna be the case, no matter what happened. Luke and Leia's sabres being buried. Um, that final line as 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 Luke and Leia look on at, at Ray, and Ray turns to view the 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 sunset. I mean, that I guess looking at the sunset for me was 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 quite a satisfying way given that we've seen Luke do it mm-hmm. back in mm-hmm. A New Hope. Um and so there we have it. So I mean, in conclusion, Dan, for me. There, as I said, there's so much here that is good. The final third of this movie, I think, is is superb. I think it's right up there with I would put it with 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 Rogue One, The Last Jedi, and Return of the Jedi in terms of the top three or four finishes in terms of finales out of these eleven movies. But there was too much before that was rushed. Too much, um, just really, uh, story that was just finicky and really like it was just what are we doing here? Why are we cutting around? There was too much here that overall it wasn't as satisfying for me.
0: And I, I think you're right. Like this, this overall, I think they've they've done a good job of what they've got, but, and like we've said many times because of like that, they, they kind of, they should have stuck with JJ for the whole thing or given the whole thing to Ryan Johnson. Like I think they, they really screwed themselves by having this kind of split in direction and, letting these kind of stories go off a little bit in their own direction. And and it's a shame because, you know, this, like, to come back and do a trilogy set after the original movies was such an opportunity. And, you know, we've already seen, like, from a, a TV show point of view they're not really doing anything around this era they're almost kind of acting like it doesn't really exist in fact you know apart from having things like um you know like the star wars disneyland um you know really sort of focusing on this era of star wars but you can kind of just see that they're even disney's a bit like yeah like oh you know (laughs) I there's some good in here i can feel it but it's it's not enough
1: I think they're giving it a wide berth and I think we will come back to. It. I think time can uh, can heal. Um but yeah there's there's still a lot in here I love. I I love seeing um you know even just some of the the the, the cameos of Dennis Lawson coming back as Wedge and Warwick Davis coming back as as Wicket. There's there's lots of little things here along the way that I I, I really appreciate overall in terms of my what would I change here I maintain the Palpatine backstory thing I think there's times when we do want things there's times when we don't want to know think like we didn't need to have the force explained to us in the Phantom Menace I didn't need to understand the Metaclorians. I, I like the mystery of how old Ben and Yoda explain it to me but my change for this movie would be don't tell me in the opening credits that the dead speak and somehow Palpatine's returned tell me that story that would be what I would change what would be your yeah, big Yeah
0: I, I think it would be that and it would be what I've already mentioned I, I feel like Instead of putting Ray into the the cookie cutter Jedi pathway, I think do some of those like things that that make Ray her own character. Give her the yellow saber. Give her the the staff lightsaber. Yeah. Like, and I think, and it's tough because like you know they did have a short window to kind of like get this this final movie out. But I just think they could have cut out quite a bit of maybe the unnecessary stuff to kind of streamline the story. Um, yeah. But, look what's done is done paula overall like you say i think it's it's aging better i'm enjoying it the more and more i see it it's always tough when we're kind of doing a critique on these movies because you know we're we're really nitpicking through all of them but when you're just watching it casually it's you know it it, it's enjoyable and it's fun but it's always tough to review
1: and so dan that's our final rankings we need to put the Rise of Skywalker into the mix of these 11 and reveal for the first time the final rankings. All
0: right. For me, um, this is coming in at number eight for me. So, so my list looks like this. So I go from bottom to top. So Attack of the mm-hmm. Clones, The Last Jedi, The Force Awakens, then we go The Rise of Skywalker followed by The Phantom mm-hmm. Menace, Solo, Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, A New Hope, Rogue One, and The Empire Strikes Back. So a little bit higher than I maybe anticipated putting it, but I, as I say, it was hitting just
1: right for me. Interesting. I go lower. So my order from reverse, bottom to top, is Attack of the Clones, The Phantom Menace. Then I'm going The Rise of Skywalker. Then Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, The Last Jedi, Force Awakens, Solo, Rogue One, A New Hope. And Empire Strikes Back.
0: I'm not sure about your placement of the Phantom Menace. Paul, like, I've got many. many I'm questions. not sure
1: about your placement of the Phantom Menace.
0: Why <laughs> <laughs> gone? Start them all. Like, oh my god, pod racing, yippee!
1: You've got you've got the Phantom Menace above all three of the sequel movies. Uh, I. I i um, you've also got solo way lower than it deserves that is a, a hell of a movie you've got revenge of the sith as the fourth highest i've got revenge of the sith as the fourth lowest so uh we have some differences but hey that's great
0: it'd be interesting right because if you would have probably like asked me just randomly one time next year hey can you rank the, the movies for me without looking at the <laughs> yes. list i bet you i'd give you a completely different order
1: Oh, and it all depends on how you watch it and when you watch it. I came out of the cinema thinking The Rise of Skywalker was close to 10 out of 10 because I was so caught up in the emotion and the hype and the excitement of what was, you know, a very high adrenaline, exciting movie with great action scenes. But the, the subsequent rewatches, I just struggled more and more. And in retrospect, Disney taking on Star Wars, the most dangerous thing they could have done was to dive straight into Episode 7, 8, 9. They needed to do some other Star Wars first, get another movie, get us some storytelling experience and planning and realise that they need to plot out a high-level journey map for these brilliant characters. But, hey, they've done it now.
0: Indeed, indeed. Well, Paul, what a ride it's been for these 11 movies. I guess it's uh, back to our regularly scheduled programme next week.
1: Yes, we'll be back to normal next week after this um this trilogy of star wars movies to close us out but it has been good and thanks as always for listening in
0: also a very special shout out to our patreon producers samara one king diana kanawa and michael chalmers thank you for your support if you too would like to become a patreon producer of the show then you can find those details in the show notes but until next week everyone adios